0: That's what the EEOC found, but here's where I really gasped when I read the article, is that applicants and witnesses reported that they were told point blank that the company did not hire women for loader positions. I can't even imagine.
1: Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game changing HR and leadership insights, and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey, what's going on? Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of While We Were Working. While We Were Working is the show that helps you become a better leader of your small business or your small team. As always, as brought to you by the crew here at Jumpstart HR, I'm Joey Price, president and CEO, and I'm joined with our awesome co-host, Summer Keytron, who is our consulting practice manager here. Summer, what's, what's new with you?
0: Oh man, Joey really thrilled to be back on this week and gosh you know it's so crazy how fast time flies by i cannot believe it's the middle of may before you know it it's going to be june and then um gosh you know it just it always boggles my mind how fast time goes by do you have any plans for the summer
1: yeah we're actually going to do a road trip and i am nervous because we're going to go to tennessee uh from maryland which is about a 10-hour drive if you do it straight but you know we got a four-year-old and a two-year-old so we're going to break that up but uh it'll be our first sort of not our first family road trip that would that would be false but it'll be a nice fun family road trip for us to do and make some new memories together uh, hopefully, my wife and I don't get too crazy. Uh, being in the ha- in the car with littles, but uh, it should be fun. It should be a fun time.
0: It will be great. Lots of snacks, stops, and games. Yes, you'll be you'll be fine.
1: I like that. I like that idea. Uh, emphasis on the snacks and uh, the snacks. That's of- a very
0: important, very important part of road trips. Is you must have <laughs> the snacks. Otherwise, it doesn't count.
1: Yeah. Cool. Okay. So this week we are, uh, wait, no, let me, what are you doing with the summer summer?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't have any plans yet. I'll probably start thinking about, you know, what, what's going on over here in California. Our ski resorts just closed last weekend. So I'm still in winter mode. Mm-hmm. Um, You know kind of just i think it's gonna be a very short spring so maybe i'll have more updates for you on a later episode but nothing planned as of yet
1: okay sounds good summer's gonna tune in from one show and she's gonna you know be in the middle of like an african safari or something and uh we'll still be doing our our show but Yeah, it's good to check in from time to time. I know we kind of jump into things, but always good to kind of reset and uh, share with our audience what's going on in our world. So yeah, fun updates. And this week, we've got two really great topics to share. One in our While We Were Working segment. Uh, We are going to talk about the EEOC and a company that has to pay out on sex discrimination uh, you will be surprised at the huge dollar amount that they have to pay out for uh, sex discrimination. We don't want that to be your business, so we're going to unpack some things that can help you uh, stay out of the EEOC uh, bad graces.
0: This one's a biggie. This one actually comes from the EEOC, and there was a trucking company called RL Carriers. And uh, they are a nationwide trucking company uh, headquartered in Ohio, and they were just fined one and a quarter million dollars to a class of female applicants who were discriminated against in their hiring processes. And this is a biggie because I think companies may not necessarily be aware that their practices are uh, against the law and every now and then something like this comes along just as a reminder that the eeocs out there they're listening they're watching um, they're receiving those complaints and uh, if your practices aren't uh, aren't following the law you may be the next company on their headlines with a very stiff line.
1: Yeah, and summer—it's it, not just the practices, but it's also the patterns too. I know we'll get into uh, into that, but uh, even if you have practices that seem legit to you, if you take a thirty thousand uh, foot view of the patterns that result from the actions that you take, or a manager on your team takes, or that your organization takes collectively, then you might be in trouble. So let's go ahead and, and talk through some of this. Um, I guess one thing I'll say is, uh, I'll just kind of jump in first, excuse me, um, is as we, as we look to have more of um, an inclusive society, Right. There's going to be opportunities for people to pursue roles and in in, uh, careers where doors may have been closed before. And so as we think and reimagine the workplace of the future, we've got to think about do our practices hinder people from pursuing jobs because of a protected class or protected status? So I'll just give like a, a, a 30,000 foot view of that. But what are some of the things that stood out to you in the article?
0: Well, there were quite a few. I mean, when I read things like this as an HR pro and, you know, just advocate for uh, being inclusive and, you know, trying to help businesses develop um, the best uh, DEIB strategy, it's sad Uh, but it's, it's alarming. Um, One of the things in the article that really stood out to me was that this occurred over a long period of time before Mm -hmm. it actually, it actually got to this point. So to summarize, you know, some of how we, how they got there was that uh, women were discriminated against uh, in hiring for loader positions. Again, this is a trucking company, so, you know, loading uh, the trucks. And this was all the way between 2010 and 2017, and although there were a few women who were hired, most female applicants were actually rejected or steered to different positions simply because they were female, and that's that's what the EEOC found. But here's where I, I think it—I I really gasped when I read the article—is that applicants and witnesses reported uh, that they were told. Uh, point blank that the company did not hire women for loader positions. I can't even imagine.
1: Mm, I can't either.
0: I mean, I, I have so many questions, right? Like, do they have an HR department? Like, where was HR? Like, who thought this was okay? So many questions, but I think it brings us back to what we've talked about before, Joey, and that is the importance of Uh, one, training everybody Mm -hmm. who's involved in the hiring and interviewing process and making sure that they're aware of what they can and can't say. Uh, But it's also not assuming that just because somebody has worked in a leadership role that they have received training or even guidance on interviewing. Uh, Because, I mean, to think about that, this happened over a seven to eight year period, it tells me that it was um, a massive problem, but it also doesn't talk about whether they knew that they were doing wrong and did it anyhow.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the big thing. You know, uh, you asked, you know, well, where was HR? And I suspect that they may have an HR department, but the way they're utilizing their HR team, they're probably underutilizing their team. They're probably relying on HR. And, you know, I I don't know the company, so I can't say, you know, for certain. But what it appears is a situation uh, that you want to avoid where you are asking HR to set you up with the tools, maybe uh, a job description or interview questions, but you're not having ongoing conversations with HR and inviting them into the hiring process. Uh, Because I would imagine that if you are inviting the right HR pros into the room, the right recruiters into the room, they're going to say, hey, um, you know, you can't say this, you can't say that. Or maybe we should reevaluate that candidate because why you rejected them, you know, isn't on, on lawful grounds. And I'm wondering if there was a silo or some walls built up between HR and these hiring managers or hiring decision makers, because for it to have lasted as long as it did, um, I can't imagine HR or recruiting having a significant voice in those processes.
0: Yes, I think it raises a, a lot of, you know, a lot of thoughts on how we can do better. And one of the things that comes to mind is ensuring that we're looking at our hiring and our processes from an analytical standpoint, that we're looking at the demographics and asking ourselves, can we do better? And that's not just for gender, right? It's for so many other factors that are sometimes um, unconsciously part of the decision-making that quite frankly, is against the law. But unless you're, unless somebody is owning, looking at the data, and identifying where there are some potential areas of concern, it is possible that there are uh, unlawful decisions being made. And if nobody's looking at the data, they may not be, they may not be keen or aware that it's even happening. So I think there's a couple of things to consider in these types of situations, but you have to look at the data. And in this case, I, I can't imagine that if they looked at it, assuming that, you know, perhaps somebody or or nobody knew that this was, you know, really clearly happening who could do something about it. If they looked at the data, I bet they would see that there was a disproportionate number of females who were applying for this role. And not being hired for it, and for me, that would beg a question.
1: Yeah, and and summer. It's it's one thing to see the data. It's another step forward to understand what the data means and how to do something good about it. And so, being able to look at hiring trends and uh, tracking uh, the percentage of applicants who apply that are male, percentage of applicants who apply that are that are female. Uh, whatever the case may be, and then um, tracking that against the people who are ultimately hired, and how do the ratio of those um, who identified their gender, um, how does that align with um, the ratio of who's ultimately hired? If there's a lot of uh, variance there, then that's a question that you have to ask and say, are we you know, turning away great candidates just because they're not, um, the person that we think should be in the role even if they can't do the role
0: that's right and i i think there's a lot to take away from this but it's also to recognize that your reputation as an employer is uh, really at stake because you know when you think about this being in the news and it it's all over You don't want your name attached to it because your current employees are going to feel a little uneasy because they're going to be asking, Well, what other poor decisions has my employer made? But hiring future employees, they too will question whether they're going to have a fair opportunity within your organization. So know that doing the right thing means everybody wins. And that is really just taking a look at your processes and ensuring that they are inclusive. Uh, and that if you find, like you said, if there, you find that there's a problem that you do something about it.
1: Okay, so you know we're not gonna solve all of the world's problems just in this pod alone, but I think we can uh, consider this one solved. Uh, have really smart people taking a look at the data Uh, But even before you get into that, make sure that your hiring practices don't lead to uh, patterns of discrimination or practices of discrimination because uh, the the four-letter agency, EEOC, will come a-knocking. And um, it ain't cheap. It ain't cheap. (laughs) Okay. uh, Speaking of uh, not being cheap, uh, let's go and jump into our consultant's corner. And consultant's corner is our view of the good, bad, and ugly from the trenches uh, of life as an HR consultant. Uh, we want to, we're doing this new thing with, this, with the show where we are introducing song lyrics written by ChatGPT that addresses the uh, consultant's corner question of the day, um, written in the style of a particular artist. So this week, we are going to have a song that is in the style of Taylor Swift. Uh, she's doing this big tour, um, had a virtual a, a keynote for Paycor and uh, incorporated this, this fun theme into, into the talk. So let's just go ahead and get down to it and can you, see if you can guess what the topic is. All right, so um, w- we won't do the whole song, but I'll start with a bridge. I'll start with the pre-course actually. They ignored retirement plans, shrugged off paid leaves, didn't know these are things that an employee perceives, thought only startups in Silicon Valley could afford such benefits in their alley. Small business blues, lessons to learn, mistakes made, tables to turn. Compensation's not just the money you earn, It's about the whole package for which we yearn." That's pretty good. That's pretty good.
0: (laughs) That is pretty good. I'm waiting until the episode that you bust out your guitar, and then we have song lyrics and a little bit of background music to go with it.
1: You know what, summer? If we get a, uh, if we get a, a, a naming rights sponsor for the show, maybe I'll whip out my guitar and uh, sing along to these, to these songs, yeah. and play along. Uh, but either either way, this is fun. This is fun. It's a good way to, to bridge the divide or bridge a couple worlds of uh, music and tech and HR. So. Uh, let us know if you like these, and if you have some uh, artists that you'd like us to create songs uh, in their style. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into this topic, which is competent benefits. What are some of the most common mistakes that we see businesses making uh, in this in this arena?
0: Well, we only have time for a few, um, and we'd love to share them all. But I think the first one I would pick is seeing companies who do offer a stipend or reimbursement, some sort of amount on their team member's paycheck, which is intended for helping them pay for whatever medical insurance that it is they want to buy. And on the surface, that sounds really awesome, but unfortunately, dun dun dun, the good old IRS says you really can't do it that way. Um, So the takeaway here is that if you are reimbursing your team members um, on a tax free basis for medical, you actually have to have um, some sort of plan established. There's a couple of different ways you can go about it. We won't cover today, but just know that um, if you're doing it on a, Tax-free basis. Um, there's some other things IRS says you have to do, uh, but if you wanted to just give them an additional amount and tax it, you totally can. Uh, but just know that that's very different uh, than giving a pre-tax amount. That's a pretty common, a pretty common issue.
1: Wow. So you mean to tell me the IRS tells me as a small business not only uh to pay my workers but how to pay my workers is that what you're, is uh, that what you're saying?
0: Summer? they do they pretty much tell you how to live your life joey <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yes
0: yeah. so the irs cares about anything that has to do with taxes right and so in this case if it's a reimbursement it's money that's not being taxed so they absolutely do care about that
1: yeah and we see um businesses get into this to this issue uh if they are attempting payroll and benefits uh, solo, uh, even if they're attempting it with uh, an accountant or a bookkeeper, you know, who's, who may be running their QuickBooks or what have you, uh, if they don't know payroll, um, just because you're good at numbers doesn't mean you're good at payroll. Just because you're good at um, P&Ls and, and budgets and profit and loss doesn't mean you know the ins and outs of payroll accounting. And so uh, this is a this is a really big one that uh, you know thinking about how to reconcile that could could be a nightmare uh, if it's if it's a long standing thing that you've been doing so uh, definitely go into that uh, if you if you see that you're you're getting uh, reimbursement from your employer and uh, you don't have an IRS compliant plan set up you might want to reach out to us uh, and see if we can come help your business. Or if you're a business owner and you're like, I don't know if, if uh, we're compliant, well, we're able to, to help you. So, you know, we offer payroll solutions that can help you um, get all of that up to speed. What's another comp and, and benefits thing that uh, that we see out in the wild, Summer?
0: <laughs> I like how you say out in the wild. I, I think closely related to what we were just talking about when it comes to benefits and taxation. This one, I get uh, really the the look of shock and surprise, and that is domestic partners on plans and knowing that you actually have to set those up very specifically from a payroll and tax perspective in order to be compliant. So it really just is a testament to what you were just saying, Joey. This is super common that companies aren't aware, and that's because if you think about the the laws, we've got some states who say, "Oh, uh, yes, uh, you can have a domestic partner treated as a spouse," but then you have federal law who, in you have federal law that's that doesn't recognize that. So essentially, you have this conflict in taxes. And so, in short, the way that you remedy it, and there's a couple of different ways that you can do the calculations. If your employees are making a pre-tax contribution then uh, you have to actually carve out um, the part of that premium that is for that domestic partner and that is because again we're talking about taxes so if they're not recognized as a spouse they can't have that pre-tax benefit so you have to carve it out and essentially break up that deduction into part of it being pre-tax for the employee and the other portion that is for the dependent on a post-tax basis. And that way you'll make the IRS happy.
1: Summer, I'm so glad you're on our team because <laughs> uh, that's an area that I don't know as much as you. And uh, there are many of those areas on our in our, in our world. Uh, but just to know that you're on top of stuff like that for our clients uh, is, is a huge, huge benefit because I mean, let let's make it let's make it practical and plain, right? So uh the economy that we've been in for quite some time, it's been it's been tough on a lot of people. And so I don't know the, the numbers or statistics or the trends, but I'd imagine that if there are couples who may have been dating, maybe they're they they've moved in together and um uh, they're partners uh or whatever the case may be. And so there's a rise of, oh yeah, my 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 spouse, my partner, my person, our plan offers this, this, uh, this aspect. Great. I love it. Let's sign up together. That's one one medical insurance bill, one dental insurance bill, one vision bill, right? Great. Yeah. But as the employer, there's a responsibility on our end, uh, summer that you've just mentioned. And so uh to help prevent you know a a, a tax hiccup. Um, come tax time, super, super important to get this right.
0: It is. And it's, again, it's one of those really common areas that a lot of, a lot of businesses, even midsize, uh, don't really know. So, um, hopefully if, if this sounds like something that might apply to your business, you know, you can reach out and we'll help you get it all straight. There's uh, something we've talked about before. I will never stop talking about it because it is so problematic, and that is the misclassification of independent contractors. And that's not uncommon. You know, you have small businesses who start out, uh, they simply don't know uh, the laws like we do. They heard from a friend, we'll just hire them as a contractor, and you just, you know, you just pay them. You don't have to worry about anything else. And, Joey, I mean, I I think we hear this almost every week uh, from a client or, you know, or a prospect. Mm -hmm. It's so common and we help them get it straight. But I mean, how many times have you heard that come up in conversations with prospects or clients over the years?
1: I've heard it from clients. I've heard it from prospects. I've heard it uh out in the wild on places like social media where people are talking about um uh, running running business it's a hiccup that people um miscalculate or make missteps on because they don't know things like the federal test of whether or not someone's an independent contractor or not and then you know a state that you would know better than than I do but even in California, right? What are the um the rights uh, and allowances that an independent contractor has that you may think are only reserved for an employee. And so uh, you've got to know if someone is a independent contractor and can you justify that? Not even just kinda can you justify because you want to put a, a, a circle into a square peg, but it's really if the government were to knock on your door and say, hey, can you explain the duties of this person and how they're an independent contractor. And oh, you tell them how to do this and they have to come to you for, for approval for this. Or So uh, there's a lot to determining if someone's an independent contractor or not. And it's not just, oh, it's easier to pay them as a contractor.
0: It's a super sticky area. And I, I think you've mentioned some of the key takeaways here, which is to understand that There's a federal test. Some states have their own tests. And something that's come up much more recently is that countries have their own tests. So um, kind of a a bonus on the same question is, oh, my team member is moving, you know, to, uh, we'll just say like Germany or some other international destination. We're going to take them off payroll. We're just going to pay them as a contractor. And it's like, okay, red flag time, because just because they're international doesn't relieve you of your obligations. Very similar to states, countries have their own criteria. So unless you're going to go out and understand that country-specific contractor criteria, I would hesitate before hiring them in the same capacity that they were working as an employee.
1: Absolutely. And one of the fastest growing areas of uh, the payroll industry is uh, the international contractor, international employee. Uh, So that's a big, big topic that maybe we'll get a guest on and we'll talk about that in a future episode. But I wanna sort of land the plane a bit. So it's been a great episode. We talked about everything from the uh, EEOC's sex discrimination suit of RNL carriers, as well as some of the uh, comp and benefit mistakes that small businesses make. Uh, threw a little Taylor Swift in there for good measure, and uh, if you like this episode, share it with your team, circulate it. Word of mouth is a great way to promote the show, uh, and we also love seeing your reviews and subscriptions. So, uh, if you like this show, there's plenty more where this came from. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, and or if you follow us on YouTube, you'll see a whole list of uh, prior episodes, and check us out every week for new, fresh content. So, See you later!
0: Thanks, everyone.
1: If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and coworkers. And as always, you can find more info and additional resources at whilewewereworking.com.